0: Wynne and I want to express our gratitude for every one of our listeners. Thank you for being a part of this podcast and sharing this space with us each week. We are now offering an opportunity to work with Win or myself individually in a deeper look towards what's true about life and who you really are. If you'd like to know more, email me or Wynn for more details. In a three-day dive under the noise, anything is possible. Let's find out. Now, onto
1: the podcast. Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the noise, with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts.
0: Welcome to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts, and I'm here with my perfectly, perfectly, perfect... He just asked me if his hair looked good, and I said yes. So he has perfect hair now.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay, just as a caveat, I didn't say, is my hair good? Um, I just said, hey, my (laughs) hair looks a bit messy. Is it presentable? That's what I said.
0: I think... Or well, like, how does my hair look? And I said, oh. perfect. So he's perfectly presented. Especially if you're watching on YouTube, you can see how perfect it is. It's absolutely
2: perfect.
1: Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're Oh, welcome. yeah. By the way, for you listening, if you've never um, looked, it, looked at our podcast as well, yeah, you can see us and um, some <laughs> of our facial expressions and you can see what Kate looks like when she laughs. <laughs> Only heard a laugh. That's one reason maybe to check out the YouTube. Hey, you know the other thing I noticed right? So there's a few channels on YouTube that I subscribe to. I'm even a Patreon to three, right? Which means I subscribe and I get bonus content, right? Because there's some some people out there I really enjoy. Um, what they often say is share, like, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. And I went. That's a bit self-centered. Why would they say share, like, and subscribe? Well, here's why it can be a good idea. It makes that channel and that video more visible. So here's a um, shameless plug for you listening and watching if you're (laughs) on YouTube. Share, like, and subscribe means that more people are likely to hear and watch this. Um, so if you're that way inclined if you like it press the like button and if you really like it and you want to make sure you never miss an episode subscribe and that is also good for wherever you hear this podcast and share yeah it'd be really cool if you if you shared if you think there's anyone in your life that would um, appreciate and get something from what Kate and I talk about and um That'd be really cool. So, as someone else, I uh, I watched last night, in fact, because a few of the people that I enjoy, they have their weekly uh, YouTube video out on Sunday evenings. So, we're recording this on a Monday, as you might have gathered from what I just said. So, on Sunday evening last night, I was watching one person, and and what they. What they said was, let me see if I can get the words right. Yeah. And if you uh, like this video, please like, subscribe and, uh, and share. And if you don't like it, don't tell anyone. Right. No, I just laughed because they said it in a very funny way, unlike the way that I just said that. However, I hope that would sound an awful lot more funny than it was. So I'm not going to draw attention to that anymore. Um, hello, Kate.
0: Hi, Wen.
1: Okay, good. Nice way of moving on. Um, so I had an idea, didn't I? You did. I did. Yeah, I'm glad you were sitting down when I said, I have an idea about what we could talk about.
0: I mean, you've been coming up with some some ideas lately, Wynn.
1: Yeah. You notice, dear listener, that Kate said some ideas. <laughs> the word good wasn't in that sentence anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have some ideas. Um, anyway, here's that idea that I had. So um, this past this past weekend, I was a, a attending virtually a seminar that um, two of our previous guests, Michael Neal and Mavis Khan, were doing a, um, a seminar in Los Angeles that I could uh, or anyone could um, attend virtually as well. And my Saturday night plans changed such that I could attend. So on the saturday afternoon i signed up and it started um, about six o'clock my time here in the uk and i'm really glad i did even though on sunday yesterday i kind of paid the price for being up very late and after the seminar finished at something like 1 a.m my time or something i was then messaging back and forth with some people i'd seen on the screen because they were there in person and other people who were there virtually as well so i don't think i really went to bed until Two thirty, and fell asleep at three, and my body clock was still get up at seven. When so, I think I had about four hours sleep on um, Saturday into Sunday, and absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. Um, Mavis was such an amazing guest that we had. I don't know, it was last fall, last autumn, something like that, around September, October of last year. And in the meantime, her book, It's That Simple, has come out. And uh, when I bought my first copy of it, I gave it to somebody. I gave it to a friend before I'd even opened it. So then I learned my lesson, and I bought two copies. One of those is already gone, and I'm keeping this other one on my desk here. Um, So if this sound effect is tapping the book of It's That Simple, A User's Manual for Human Beings by Mavis Khan, with a foreword by Michael Neal, it was also wonderful when we had him on. Um, one of the earlier ones, I think, is probably two years ago that we had Michael mm-hmm. um, as a guest. And there's, this book is a series of letters from Mavis to the reader. And they are for want of a better phrase, they're love letters from human to human, from a soul to a soul. And an exercise in
2: um, letter four, or well, chapter four, but they're
1: letters. Well, I remember I read this out to a, to a client a few weeks ago and, this, and I didn't know because I hadn't read the book yet. We're, we're reading it together for the first time, and as soon as it said, there's an exercise in it, I went, oh geez, I wish I'd have chosen a different one. I've just got you know, some thinking about certain exercises. But this exercise, I did it with my client, and it was just like, wow, that, that's really useful to notice. And then on Saturday the seminar, Michael and Mavis did that with everyone in the room, physically in Los Angeles, and everyone virtually on zoom so i thought today i'd read this out and you and i could do the exercise and you listening could do the exercise so mm. you kate could do it i'll do it and then you listening at home or where you are with one big caveat if you're driving a vehicle <laughs> not now
2: <laughs> right?
1: pause this and come back to it later um i think we do say in the disclaimer early on, I think it says something like that. Hey, do not operate um, heavy machinery or a vehicle when you're doing this, because you might fall asleep. Um, This is absolutely a time to not be doing anything else, right? Because this does, there's one of the instructions in this is close your eyes. So if it's not safe for you to close your eyes.
0: That makes sense.
1: Don't play along right now. Come back to this later when you can. All right. So, shall we start, Kate?
0: Yes, let's.
1: All right. I'm going to take a sip of comfort tea. That's not what it's called, by the way, but I'm calling it that right now. Okay. So, um, it's That Simple by Mavis Khan. And this is letter four, making peace with any feeling. Dear reader, here I am again. Have you ever wondered what to do when you're feeling anxious, upset, scared? or any other feeling that you don't want to feel at the moment. If so, I think you might enjoy this little exercise. It just takes a few minutes and once you get the hang of it, it's portable. You can do it anywhere, anytime. With the caveat of not when you're driving, when your eyes need to be open, not a time to do this. But let's get back to the exercise, step one. Find a chair, sit down, and let yourself relax. Kate and I are sitting in chairs. First step already done. And relax. Two. Close your eyes. Three. Create a feeling of anxiety, just a little. Create a feeling of anxiety, just a little. Step four, notice where in your body you feel the anxiety and put your hand there. Step five, put your attention on that sensation and follow it as though it were leading you somewhere. Follow it as if it were leading you somewhere. If your attention wanders, just
2: bring it back to the sensation.
1: I'll repeat that step again. Put your attention on that sensation and follow it as though it were leading you somewhere.
2: And if your attention wanders, just bring it back to the sensations.
1: As you do these simple things, you will notice the tight, tense sensations begin to dissipate and fade away, leading to a natural sense of calm. That feeling of calm is what it feels like to just be you. The you that is and always has been underneath the noise of your thinking and the temporary discomfort of sensation. The science is simple. In order to put your attention on the stressful sensation, you had to take your attention off of the thinking that produced the stress. That's all the sensation wanted. That is, that's what it's for. What an app. The moral of the story is that you can't sneak a thought past your body and your body is made to handle any sensation no matter how uncomfortable it might seem. It's good to get acquainted with yourself and your divine engineering, don't you think? Love, Mavis.
2: How was it for you? As soon as I stopped creating it, it...
0: Kind of lost that feeling which is obviously to the point of the whole thing yeah like when i wasn't trying to create it it just kind of moved moved away evaporated
2: which goes back to the title of the book it's that simple yeah and it is that simple You know,
1: in the portability of that that Mavis mentions before the exercise itself is um, it happened to me last night. So I went to bed last night and I must have had some thinking going on because I noticed that my head was touching the pillow, but it wasn't in the pillow. I was holding it. There was tension in my neck. Mm -hmm. My head wasn't sinking. My, my, My ear could feel the cotton on the pillowcase, but I wasn't sinking into it. There was tension in my neck. And it's funny because I went, well, uh, that's not what I want. And I let my neck relax and my head sink
2: into the pillow. Mm -hmm. And I woke up hours later. Interesting.
1: Isn't it? (laughs) So whatever thinking I had that was keeping my head off the pillow, As soon as I put my attention on the sensation, and then I went, oh, this is, wham, dissipated. Will it always work that way? Probably not. (laughs) Will the science behind it work that way? Every time. Every time.
2: Yeah, I find that sometimes... In the moment, it's fun to, you know, kind of like that that little experiment from her book where you follow the sensation, the physical sensation. Sometimes I find that uh,
0: if I'm feeling caught up there are these occasions where sometimes following the thought all the way to the end of it dissipates it. Like sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's like a rabbit hole of, oh, now I'm just getting myself all worked up. But then sometimes it's so ridiculous that following it to the end, like, you just end up laughing at yourself. you like, that was, that was silly. It doesn't always, you know, it doesn't always work, but sometimes, you realize, oh, you think this because you think this is going to happen and then this and you follow it all the way to the end and you're like, that's just unrealistic. <laughs> what am I doing? And then you move on. Yeah.
1: Well, to me, any, any thought that creates that kind of feeling will end up being ridiculous when it's seen for what it is.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Every single one.
0: That's true. Or I find that sometimes, honestly, sometimes it actually, following it, will actually take me to this space of understanding. This is going to sound crazy, but sometimes when I I follow it to the end, I find myself in the origin of that thought
2: when I needed it. Like when it Mm -hmm. served me.
0: When it made sense to, but it was serving me or protecting me in some way. And it takes me back to the origin and I end up sometimes in a space of understanding, Oh, that's, that's what I thought I needed then. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not, I don't, I I don't even think I would even necessarily suggest it for somebody necessarily to to follow thought because a lot of times it is like just an endless (laughs) and you know like this never-ending hole that you just spin around in but I found in the last maybe year or so this beautiful space of understanding and love even for some of the things that I used to think about that made a lot of sense. Yeah. And I end up in a space of healing somehow without judgment of myself or, you know, wherever I picked it up or the fact that I'm still carrying it around unnecessarily, or, you know, like there's just this, you know, like meeting it with understanding.
2: And that's a new space for
1: me mm. in
2: my life.
1: You know, it reminds me of the conversation that we had with a guest a few weeks ago, Terry Whiteman.
2: Mm.
1: And I think that came up somewhere in that conversation. You know, what, what I loved about what you said is that every thought habit we have now started in a moment with that made sense then It made sense once, but then what we do as humans, we take, oh, it worked as the prescription for the rest of our lives. And yeah, that's where we can get um, mistaken. But as you just said, then there's the understanding of seeing the sense that it made once absolutely takes us off the hook. And then there's the love and acceptance that then reappears and we see our absolute innocence in it. Our absolute innocence.
0: Sometimes even the innocence of the person that we got it from, you know, we don't realize that we, you know, when we're younger, our parents come in with their own stuff and, and we pick it up as if it were truth and, and kind of like hand me down things that we get from our parents. I've got boxes of stuff that my, you know, that I've gotten from my parents right, that are in storage or something.
1: Physical hand-me-downs, you mean?
0: Yeah, like physical hand-me-downs, but we don't even, I don't think, understand that we just kind of unknowingly took the things that we heard as truth, right? And so sometimes coming back to that place, I found this like an understanding and an innocence of the people that we pick these things up from. And they did the same thing. And I think that's
1: mental hand-me-downs.
0: Mental hand me downs.
2: Right. Like like our
0: old attic full of stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which is if only it was only the attic.
0: All right. That's true. Yeah. But there is so much innocence, I think.
2: Is only innocence. Yeah. Takes a bit to see it. It's still true. Yeah. Now going
1: back to, the, um, to that letter and the exercise from Mavis, I always thought it was only a nice idea that we are divinely engineered. Just a nice idea. Yeah. To placate my... Neurotic, insecure Nonsense Mm. And the the more I've just looked At that And just to to stay in the conversation As you and I are doing Every time we record these And every time for, for you listening Then you're listening to them is Then you're staying in this conversation too To see more about the fact of the fact. <laughs> All right, let me rewind that sentence. The fact that we are divinely engineered. The fact that it's so cool. Um, what an app being the phrase that, that Mavis has in the book that I just read out. Is that, wow, isn't that amazing to notice? That as soon as I put my attention on the sensation and I give my attention to the sensation with my hand there, all of a sudden the thought that created it's already no longer in my front center of my mind. And then all of a sudden the sensation will go in the way that sensations always will. They're in energy and form and energy and form moves all the time. And here we are as energy and form with the ability to recognize that it's energy and form with the ability to take that personally and to think that's permanent and all that kind of stuff that we do innocently again.
2: When do you remember?
0: There was this toy that I used to play with all the time when I was a kid. This is before like the speaking- and... I
1: didn't grow up with you, Kate. I do <laughs> not remember you having a toy to
0: You play might with. remember this toy. Okay. It was called an Etch-A-Sketch. Yes. Okay. I
1: love that thing.
0: You love the Etch-A-Sketch? Yes. So it seems like, and I, I get to watch, you know, my niece, and obviously when my daughter was growing up, my daughter as well. It seems like kids still have this mental an emotional and physical edge a sketch mm. still intact, right? So they have this experience and let's say they're doing their knobs and they're, you know, whether it's good or bad, right? And then they're like, oh, this thing. And then they, they make it like a clean slate, which is essentially what we're talking about in divine intelligence and what we're connected with that allows us to have these mental and emotional experiences and physical experiences and I was like shake it up and get a clean slate and kids I think just naturally are doing that constantly you know like watching my niece she'll uh, I'll ask like my sister I was like well does she like this and and she'll be like hey do we like rice today and she's like no like so her preferences are shook up every second you know so she'll like it one day but not the next and um she'll have a new best friend every day <laughs> and it's just this it's like the life experience at just get that for whatever reason as adults we seem to just like want to just grab them and, and hold them forever like they're truths Mm. which is you know when we to your point are continuing these conversations and looking in this direction it's almost like we get a little bit
2: more familiar with what some people would call
0: that space of not knowing or the unknown or that i don't know space because it's almost like that space when we notice what we're doing and we come back and we let it move through we've just like reset like an etch of sketch yeah
2: yeah mm-hmm.
0: which makes a lot of sense if we're here just to experience everything
1: i think there's a lot of prof- profundity in that and the whole etch-a-sketch metaphor for us because here's what I remember. I, after a, a bit of playing with the Etch-A-Sketch, I realized that the hardest thing to do was a diagonal or a circle. <laughs> so then that's what I would spend my time doing, right? How do I do a diagonal from the bottom left corner to the top right corner without it looking like just like up and across, up and across, up and across to make it as smooth as possible? So that's what I did and then try and do circles and stuff without it looking like just lots of ups and down, ups and across in some kind of circular shape or diagonal. No, I wanted to make it really good. And if it didn't work, I got to shake it, you know, sand inside would then put dust back on the surface and and then I get to scratch it away with a little pointery thing with the vertical and horizontal um, knobs. Jesus is so kind of vivid in my mind. As soon as you said, by the way, a few minutes ago, hey, do you remember? I'm going to say, yeah, the answer is going to be no. But then when it was about my childhood, of course I'm going to remember that. long-term memory is really strong still. and This one is just really strong. But here's the point I was looking to get to. I keep forgetting I get to shake the Etch-A-Sketch every day of my life, the story of me, everything, and not only every day, every hour, every minute, every moment I get to shake and get the create fresh.
2: There is nothing about me
1: that is fixed. And geez, it doesn't look like that. It looks like my story, my mental hand-me-downs are true. No. Every single one of those
2: can be rewritten and seen fresh in any moment. Doesn't make it easy. But it's that
1: simple. It's that true. And yet, mental hand-me-downs can be very habitual and they don't look so malleable. They don't look like they are erasable and scratch-outable. They are they are. Or another way of saying it would be, I remember the first thing I drew on a nature sketch was a house. Probably pretty bad, especially the roof, because that was the bit, and I thought, these diagonals, yeah, they're tricky. And how do I not get a line from the wall to the window in order to then do the square? And it's like, what the fuck are these, all these lines around, right? Anyway, by the by, what was my point? I don't have to draw a house every time I pick up a etch sketch Or if I do a house, it could be a different house. I could do anything on that,
2: anything now.
1: I don't have to do what I've always done in the same way I don't have to think what I've always thunked. Not a word, don't look it up. <laughs> what I've always thought I don't have to think that now habitually I will on occasion be stuck in that
2: there's nothing really there holding it in place nothing really there
1: other than the habit and habits can change so going back to a word that in my mind that you said earlier on today which was the understanding if I understand that I can be free of anything that's a hand-me-down thought, a hand-me-down, a mental hand-me-down. In this moment, I get to create
2: again. Anything. Jeez, that's cool. That's cool. Thanks, man.
1: Thank you well, thanks for taking me down uh, a very happy etch a sketch memory.
0: If it makes you feel better, I, diagonals weren't my thing either, or circles, they all look like stairs, basically.
1: Yeah, well, that was the point, right? That was why I, was I just, to, I just think it them. was a simple, <laughs> I don't even know, but you know. This will only make sense on YouTube, by the way.
0: I know, uh, right? As I'm, as I'm twisting these Etch-A-Sketch knobs in my... Mm. Um, you know, sometimes when I feel like... You know, because Etch-A-Sketch was obviously so simple, but limited, you know, and what you could do, and where you could start, and where you end, and kind of had to plan out your strategy of how to create something, right? I feel a little bit like it's similar to how we drag the past around with
2: us so much. Mm. It's like trying to
0: like live this magnificent experience with like two little knobs, you know. We're dragging around our past and we don't know we
2: can shake it up. We just haven't realized that we're
0: limiting it innocently. And it's like when we start to see this, you know, that, that freedom that you talked about just gives us access to so many more ways of being in the world. What's allowed. What we can let go of and not just drag around with
2: us all the time. I love that. Thanks, Kate. Wow.
1: You've been listening to this week's Under the Noise with my wonderful and perfectly manicured, perfectly <laughs>
0: manicured, I knew I was manicured. going
1: to get you, you knew I was going to come back.
0: I knew it.
1: Perfectly made up, <laughs> perfectly um, hairstyled.
0: Yes, thank you.
1: Kate Roberts and... Uh, the slightly more scruffy win morgan <laughs> i hope you have a great week and um, please like subscribe and share <laughs> i didn't feel so bad as mommy saying at that time thanks everyone have a great week take care
0: thanks for joining us we'd love for you to subscribe rate and review if you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about email win or kate at win at winning.co.uk and Kate at katerobertscoaching.com Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.